Hi, and welcome to the 15th episode of the Keen Minds podcast. It's the second installment of the Task Force uh, episodes. I am Jen, a.k.a. Takata Saiko. And I am Tessa from Criminally Insane. And today we're covering Samar and Aram and uh, all that that entails, because there has been some great growth with both characters throughout the seasons, uh, which has been really cool for Samar, considering she didn't come in until season two. And so she's really had some fun arcs and looks like she's about to have another good one starting off in 4B almost immediately. Yeah, it's she's really have become one of my favorite characters. Um, and, and I'm very excited to see what the 4B is going to bring for her. Yeah, I mean, I think that it looks like there's some... I, I don't know, we're... we're the marketing team has set it up to make it look like she's a mole or something like that. It looks like what they're trying to get across to us. But the one thing I've learned <laughs> with uh, with the Blacklist marketing team is whatever they're trying to get you to believe is usually the direct opposite of whatever that is, is what we're actually going to get. And, so- I, and I, I doubt that that's going to be, especially because, and you know that I've always come from the point of view that they just had wrestler deliver a, a, a very nasty job to Hitchens. So that's a second or third one that he had delivered directly. So to me, it starts to feel that that mole might not be, you know, it might be Samar and then Aram has to rescue her. But it's looking to me that maybe Hitchens is getting a little um, antsy with Wrestler. Might be. Uh, we'll see that when 4B starts. But... Uh... We've got three and a half uh, seasons to cover here, and then we'll have Redemption before... Well, no, no, we'll have 4B and then Redemption and the Mm -hmm. rest of 4B. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it has to be 4B and 4C. Yeah, when did that happen? Because eight seasons, I mean, eight eight weeks without without Redemption is is a pretty big um, chunk with now. It is. Yeah, so that should be a C. So it's a three season. Um. What did you think the first time we saw Samar? Uh, I was kind of with Liz. I didn't trust her. Um, I'm trying to trying to recall the first scene with her was with Red. Um, mm-hmm. When Red's talking to her, and I, it was just a very... I think it said it well. For who she become, you know, who who we find out that she is. Mm-hmm. She's very cryptic, very saucy, very very much what I think of when I think of Mossad. And um, mm-hmm. I, I thought she, and the fact that she was able to track down and capture Raymond Reddington by his tie, the dye that he uses in his tie, when, in eighty four days, <laughs> when wrestler couldn't catch him in five years, is kind of impressive. Yeah, I think that she's good at what she does, and I think that Liz misleads people by saying, "Oh, if he wanted to catch you, he catch you because he, he wanted to be catched," and that's not true. But that is the kind of way that that Liz is viewing Red. There, I think Samar catch Red, caught Red because Samar is very good at what she does. I think there are two possibilities, and I think that either red wanted her and that was his end to get to her and to input her into the task force there was an open slot after mira's death and i you know red we've seen that red is 
very happy to use Samar in the middle of all that. So there's a possibility that he'd come across her somewhere else and seen her and wanted her in there and that's how he did it. Or he was just so impressed that she was able to track him down and catch him like that that he immediately said, I need her. And promptly got uh, in that, and brought her I in. Saw. That's what I saw. I Because there's a moment where... It, Red is there, and Red is, like, openly leering at her, and she's handling it so well. You know, she's, like, totally in control. And uh, there's a, there's that moment where he asks how he she did it, and she explains about the dye and the ties. And Red is looking at his side like, boy, this is something about me I haven't noticed. And the, I you could see when he turns around, he leaves and is like, oh, well, another time. He turns around and gives her some information. I think that's when he makes the decision that that she was a good addition to his team. But definitely, I agree that that Liz did not trust Samar. I, Liz at that point, I mean, that was a pretty bad, dark time for Liz. I mean, she's had Tom in the boat for four months already. The whole thing is um, because I think the the or two months. Is it two months? Yeah, because they, they come point. in after two months. He brings you an esthetician, a mathematician, so he finds him with a ruler. It's a wonderful line by Agent Martin. I kind of miss Agent Martin. I hated Agent Martin. I never trusted him any further than I could see him, and then I still didn't trust him. Um, oh, I didn't trust him either, but I liked him. <laughs> but no, I, I, did, I do tend to lean towards the latter with uh, Samar and, and Red, that Red was just so impressed with her that you know, I, I feel like if, if someone screws with Red, one of two things happens. Either he's so impressed he brings them into the fold or he kills them. Mm -hmm. And so, and she was brought into the fold. And uh, it's kind of like Kate Kaplan said that, you know, it's my type of girl, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I do wonder if, if Samar had a second objective in capturing Red. Because it does seem like for, if, if really... Uh, Mossad wanted red for some reason. They wouldn't have called the United States. They would have just taken it. So it almost looked like red was a way to get it something else. And I do wonder what that something else was. I'm not sure that that there was something that Samar wanted in because the way Samar approaches Liz to me and approaches wrestler in and Aram, it, it's interesting is First, I find that all those pictures that she was taking, those that's not 84 days. Samar was tracking Red for 84 days, but she had pictures of the task force for a lot longer than that. So either she was lying to Red or Red gave her some of the pictures from Lucy Brooks uh, from her computer that, remember that the cowboy gave Red in a, in a little thumb drive? Because there were things that were far older than that. And I'm always wondering, you know, was she lying? Was he lying? It's always a very interesting character when you cannot know if you trust them entirely. And Samar is really good at that. Because uh, you have ages later when wrestlers in the middle of, of yelling about, you know, that, uh, you know, when... Uh, about who, who had checked his, his computer and who tipped off Tom and all of that. Mm -hmm. And Samar comes in and goes, I tipped them off. You know, Cooper didn't do it. I tipped them off. I still to this day don't know if she tipped them off or if Cooper did. 
I have no solid opinion on that because I could see it going either way. I think she did. Because she's, remember, she stayed, she's sitting at a desk. The wrestler is saying, oh, I got that tip. I'm going to go. And Samar looks at him and says, it's my brother. I got to stay. That doesn't make any sense. The brother is, you know, being checked and the brother is somewhere else and she's staying. So to me, that means that she knew how to get in touch and she just did it. The way she has always done, and you know, call like um, wrestler and, and list were taken, which was a great moment. But I, I do love that about her, that, that we never 100% know with her. She's fantastic about it. I mean, she's, and, and I've mentioned it before, that I feel like she and Tom have quite a bit in common in that, that they're both very, very well trained and deep cover to the point that they become these people. We see that with Samar when uh, she's trying to plan Liz's baby shower. Mm-hmm. That she just she goes into this and Liz is looking at her like who are you and what have you done with Samar and she goes sorry you know uh, J- Jewish uh, housewife or or J- Jewish was it housewife that she said that was a, no, was a cover of her uh, Jewish mother Jewish mother Jewish mother Jewish Jewish and mother so so she she had this Jewish mother role at some point that she had gone undercover with. And she can just pull it out of a hat, and it influences exactly what she does. And you see bits and pieces with that, with, with Tom doing that. The fact that he can just become roles at the drop of a hat. It's very interesting. And uh, it's it's one of the things that I... Season 2, when uh, it, it was when Wrestler and Red were going to go over to Dresden. The, <clears throat> the conversation... Uh, and, and we're kind of bouncing I love that here, conversation. I, know, but I do too. When, <laughs> I love a Roms. Please tell me you're joking. And Samar's response of, oh, well, I was going to say that was romantic. That, you know, sh- that Tom had killed Ames to try to get Liz to, you know, she's out, the only out of one all of that. Gets a, and, and, and Red, I love the look that, wrestler, that Red gives uh, Samar there because he's like, oh, you found that romantic too. <laughs> it's, it is a very normal in spy type shows and movies that's you know killing somebody to protect the one they love that's very that's a spy trope and so mm-hmm. yes it was twisted yes it was other people you know, do diamonds or or uh, just making coffee in the morning but a spy kills you kills someone yeah, to keep you safe k- kills your the th- person threatening your you know health and well-being you know that's that's how they show Even their love their own <laughs> So I love, I love that about uh, Samar. That you know, she gets that, she understands that, and it's it's part of what makes her her. And so, uh, it's it's an interesting trait that she shows. And I, I also thought that it was great the way she handled um, Aram when they meet, and, and Aram is obviously thunderstruck. I mean, Aram can can you say, "Whoa, you're tall." I mean, that's the funniest comment I've ever seen anybody, any character make upon meeting somebody else. I just, I love their interaction in those moments, you know, about, oh, I get what you're doing with the hair. Well, it's okay if you go bald, just don't get fat. (laughs) And I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing, what? (laughs) And then it clicks with him about five seconds later. Oh, she just, she just said I was good looking. She just, wait a minute, what? You find me attractive, what? 
And, uh, and, uh, and she has already moved on. She's like, yep, don't just don't get fat. She just drops it so nonchalantly. And it's, it's one of the things I love about her character is the way she just slips those little things in there. Oh, the dongle part with Aram. That was priceless. You know, you want me to insert the dongle? <laughs> well, it's not my dongle. <laughs> I think one of the key things that kept the audience questioning Samar early on was Liz distrusting her. Uh, there, there's a lot of times where writers will use various characters to make us distrust or trust other characters. And I, I think that, at least for me, that was very much, I followed in line with, with how Liz reacted to her. She didn't trust her. She didn't want to trust her. And like you mentioned earlier, it was a very dark time period for Liz. And she was trying to deal with that. And here's this new outside influence coming into her circle, into her inner circle, where she trusts her team at that point, but she doesn't trust them enough to tell them about Tom. And so I think there's a level of trust there, and then a complete outsider comes in, take, you know, as Liz might see it, taking Mira's place, coming in, infiltrating them. They don't know if they can trust her or not. Mm. She seems to be more on Reddington's side than theirs. I... I can definitely see where her distrust came from, and I remember mirror, mirroring it when when the mm. show was on, when those episodes aired. Well, it, it's you're absolutely right. Sometimes they use a character to give us an opinion, and, and a lot of people just hang on to that. You know, like uh, it happens a lot with Tom. They use an, the opinion of one character to give an opinion and, and kind of distract you. It's, it's the magic act where I do something with my left hand where my right hand is actually doing the the, uh, the work. Um, there is also a, a couple of very interesting moments with Samar. And, I mean, every single one of those that she has gone undercover – I've been totally, completely sure for about five minutes that, or three minutes that she was completely turning on red. Like when she had Jasper and they do that little uh, number on the, on the, that, you know, they killed Dembe and all that. For, it, I really thought, you know, one, maybe she is the, the insider. Really? Because uh, I saw that coming a mile away. <laughs> I, I was like, when she walked out with him, I went, yeah, she's, I mean, because she shot Dembe, and we knew Dembe was okay, and I'm sitting there going, they're replaying exactly what, what they did with Wrestler when they fake shot Wrestler in, uh, in, in Russell and Denisov, mm -hmm. yeah. And so I'm and while she was doing that, I went, they're using no, Samar. They're, yeah. they're using I, Samar I to get to him. I, I, I remember that scene with Wrestler, but for some reason, it was so well played that I was not so sure that that was it. I mean, she's had me a few times thinking, whoa, is she really who she thinks she is? Very much like Tom. Very much like Tom. I, I really do hope that before and after and around and all around redemption, that the, they do build something, you know, a friendship up between these two, because I feel like she could be the only person on the, on Liz's team that really understands where Tom comes from in his past. It would be really cool to see them pull that relationship and that, that potential friendship. And 
you know, <laughs> I have so many different friendships. I'm like, oh, I wish I could see that happen. So who knows? Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Never know. Well, yeah, we got Tom with with uh, with wrestler with Aram. Um, I think that that Samar was really so hurt with with the betrayal that she felt with with Liz that that was uh, I think that that put a little bit of a of a damper in the whole thing. Oh, I agree. And the thing is, if you look at it, and I know that you've talked some about it, and uh, confident every day over on uh, over on Tumblr has. Um, she, she talks about it sometimes, that if you take a look at Samar during that point, she's just lost her brother for the second time. She'd already finished mourning for him, so he came back. That ripped everything open again. She mourned for him. He was she, a traitor. He had, he had been trying to kill her and her fellow agents. Um, everything that was the foundation of Samar, the parents killed by by terrorists, you know, the brother blamed them, not the terrorists. Um, the the fight joining Mossad because of the injustice, in a way, reminds me a little bit of Red, that, that it's a bit of a renegade on your country because your country didn't, gave, you know, turned her back on you. And it doesn't, she doesn't recognize her own country or her own people or, or what happened anymore. And she goes into... Uh, the complete opposite to to serve but i feel like that she she felt like the task force was her family that wrestler was her family liz was her family aram was her family coop was her family she turns around her ex, and re- her ex is getting married yeah her ex is getting married wrestler and she slept together and then all of that chaos happened with her with him firing her which i love that moment where he where she points out you didn't just fire me. You slept with me and then fired me. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's something that, with the way wrestler's brain works, it doesn't quite, I don't think it quite computes with him that that is the issue. It's not that he fired her. It's that he slept with her and fired her the very next day. Like, yeah. I think Samar is not okay with the fact that she got fired. Like, she she's willing to face the consequences. But her biggest issue was that he slept with her and then the very next day, fired her there was no discussion there was no giving her the benefit of the doubt it was just you're gone yeah and and so she had it's, that it's happen two characters and... two characters that have a, a thing with rejection that come like came crashing into one another and i think it all just happened in such a short span of time that when liz faked her death when she went through that mourning period especially after Everything that she and Liz went through to build that trust with the uh, with the toxin that they both, you know, when, when Liz went into the room with the toxin after Samar had been shot in season two, all of that, and the trust that was built through that, and the way she mourned, because we don't see Samar just break down over people very often, and she did. I mean, she she had a breakdown in the middle of the street when she thought Liz was dead, and then suddenly... She's alive, and and her response was, after everything that we did for her, she was trying to get away from us, too. And she couldn't, while Wrestler could see that, that Liz was trying to get away from, from Reddington and give her child a nor- her normal life, I don't think Samar could get past the fact that it was also done to them, that they were lobbed into the same category. Well, I don't think that, that Wrestler had... Um 
given up as many things as 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 Samar did. I mean, Samar says, "I don't want a child. I want a career." I, you know, she's been build this thing. She's burned uh, her most sad contacts in the scimitar to save some to to save Liz and Wrestler. She had gone against her own people to save them, and she gave all of that up to help Liz. And, and that is a big deal. And then she got fired for that. And that is permanently on her record that she got fired uh, for, for helping a fugitive. So it's, it's a huge deal for her. Yeah. And, and the emotional connections as well. Because they're family. And that family got broken apart by that. And so I... I think, because I know people were getting very frustrated with her in 4A, where it just kept, it felt like it kept getting dragged out that she was frustrated with Liz, but I felt like it was very believable that... Yes, it was. I mean, her brother faked her death. She was gonna be up until here with the fake death and, and the betrayals. I mean, this is happening, like, over and over. This is a wrestler with the betrayal by a cop. For what wrestler has with a dirty cop, Samar has with a betrayal by a fake death. I mean, you're making me mourn just to find out that you were just using me. And yeah. that gotta hurt pretty deep. And it, Samar had given everything that she had, which is a professional life. Exactly. Exactly. And so, and I think that I think that it hurt moving through all of that and then you had the issues with Aram. There was that scene in in four A with her with them just mm. frustrated with each other with Elise and everything else that was you know piling on top of itself. It was. I, I think it's been pretty evident. I mean, at least it has for me, and I, the fandom seems to pretty universally accept the Saram relationship as something that most most people that I've seen very much like and are pro and for it and such and so I, I feel like it's been pretty evident from early on that that's the direction I think even Boken Camp has made that comment you know it's it's obvious this is where we're going but once we get there what do we do sort of thing and mm -hmm. so you've moved through it with like we said earlier those those little comments about well you know Mm -hmm. just don't get flirting. yeah that they they kind of passively flirt it's very obvious that that there's you know possibly something there they move through they they make those comments and then we get to something real there and you even see them uh how, how they're supporting each other through liz's quote-unquote death and i think she feels kind of betrayed when people aren't actively taking her side against Liz and I'm not saying this in a negative way at all um but she she feels like she's in the right for how upset she is which I'm not going to say that she's not you know against Liz and Tom that the fact that Liz faked her death and everything and then you have wrestler sitting there and saying but she did it for for her child I don't know why you're so upset and you have Aram, even though he is upset as well, being willing to work to help Liz, help Agnes, try to keep her safe, all of that. And then turns around and has a girlfriend on the side that that Samar didn't know about. And I feel like that she felt very, very betrayed during that point. It became very personal for her. 
there is also the the um, the issue that we have with Samar. You know, she's going against Cooper. She feels she has no allies. Wrestler doesn't understand, and and I think quite honestly, as Samar in that moment, she was in in such a raw space. She goes at a Ram and, and tells him, you know, you made the wrong call, which it wasn't. Some, a Ram is not an operative. He's not a field operative. He's 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 a, your your tech support. He's not expected to to kill people. I mean, he did it, and he's he had to go through counseling, and he's never been okay about it. Well, you know, the rest of them are like happy triggers. He was a bad guy. Who cares? I'll run him over with a cab. I'll I'll torture him. It doesn't matter. Um, but I love the f- how they build a relationship between Samar and Wrestler after their their whole blow up was very well done. I think it showed a lot of strength on both characters, both in Wrestler, you know, telling him there is anything that I that I can do to make you change your mind. I agree. I, I really like how they've switched around, because in Pore, he's been very protective of Samar. You have those moments where, when, when she's going, in 3B, when they were in the middle of their spat and everything, when she would, like, in the, um, in the Vim, she got into a one-on-one confrontation with a guy and was overpowered, and ended up fending him off by herself and when wrestler came in she was like yeah i'm fine thanks for that you know thanks for the backup and in 4a he comes in guns blazing and kicking the guy off of her and it's just like he's got that look on his face like don't screw with my partner you know Mm. you were not going to touch her you know and it's i really like how they've sort of switched around and i don't know if uh, maybe liz's death is you know quote unquote death um thankfully (laughs) that um that helped them bond on that but they've just kind of grown up i think that you know they they had a they had an affair they had a screw up after it and then they're moving on you know they they're not going to hold on to that it's not going to screw with them indefinitely which i am thrilled about because while i understand why that tension was there and while it remained it was it was frustrating for me <laughs> I, I I mean I like that the whole arc I, I I love the moments Samara had had some very very interesting moments to me um, she had that great moment in uh, when Ness is kicking her and she's holding on to this guy I mean r- moments when you realize this is a really tough woman oh yeah you know definitely. she is she's an operative she's tough she's badass and at the same time she can have those little moments when she's when she thinks some Aram is saying that I'm not a killer like you, and and then it goes on, and she's a kind of a hurt. You see the hurt in her eyes. It was a very beautiful moment, uh, acted moment. And then he says, "I'm I, I'm scared," and you know, it's I, I think the blacklist does for all the, the 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 very few but very vocal detractors. I think the blacklist is a wonderful example of, of presenting very different kinds of femininity you know this is this is a badass woman like Ness is uh, there's there is all these kinds that is okay then they're all badass women and they do their job and they're very different from one another 
I 100% agree with you. It's not that these women are just walking in, taking off their shirts, and saying, Look, I'm a woman. This is the only way I can win this battle. Uh, they're badasses. They're clever. They're, you know, they they pull... They 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 definitely pull their weight and then some on this show. the The show does a phenomenal job of bringing strong female roles to the forefront of it. And a different roles. ones, yeah, yeah. and I mean, in different times. Look at Elise. Elise was a, you know, she was badass. She might have been one of the bad guys, but she was badass. And we have had, you know blacklisters that are female and i love that you know you, you get the odette that was supposed to be a good girl and hey then she turned out to get even worse than than her lover but but around but samar has been consistently one of my favorite female roles in in the in the show because of the ability that she has on of projecting at the same time um badassery and and vulnerability all at the same time. She's layered. It's it's a continual thing. I don't think we've had one podcast where we haven't talked about how incredibly layered these characters are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I it's it's been absolutely terrific and I think um I'm looking forward to them, to Aram and, and Samar connecting. I think they should really make it into a, a relationship that grows for, from, from friendship because I think they both are... Aram had his first... It's like his, his naivete got stripped off him. He, had, he was a, a, a damaged virgin. Now he's not a damaged virgin. Now he's taking that away. He had been duped and and the world has got a little less shiny and bright yeah. uh something i a tagline i saw for the first episode back was something along the lines of the task force and, and aram having to deal with the repercussions of elise and the fact that she got into their systems and the fact that she did dupe aram and the repercussions of that. Because it's not like it's just something you can brush off. I mean, this woman got in, she was able to use an FBI agent and trick him into getting into their black site. While she was never physically there, or until they Not only into their black site, they got into the entire U.S. Uh, intelligence systems. So this is a humongous breach. And sure, it, it resulted in the thrushes uh, being disabled, but, you know, I'm sure that this will have repercussions. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so it's it'll be an interesting story to pan out, and it'll be interesting to see what where they go with a ROM on that and where they go with Samara and a ROM. And so because it, it always... From the interviews that I've seen Bokenkamp give on it, it sounds like they want to go in that direction, but once they do, that means that they're... That gotta least, be at the end. The, the end is in sight. I mean, what that means, if that means it's another season, another two seasons, I have no idea. But, I mean, I could see them wrapping up in another couple seasons, you know, depending on where they go with the storyline and if Katarina comes back and how she comes back and everything. I could see them... Six to seven. Yeah. It's... I could, I, realistically wrapping up without damaging the integrity of the story. Now, not because they have to, and that's not what I'm saying. I, from what I, I'm not a ratings person, but from what I can tell of the ratings and the time slot they have, they're very good. You know? And so it's, it's a well, very... Well, they're gonna, oh, yeah. 
you you can't go too crazy with regulars uh, because the blacklist is is not geared at exactly what the ratings measure. It's a very different audience. It's a highly educated um, um, audience. That they're not there for the for the. Um, it's it's a thinking show. You don't you can't just go and passively watch. I mean, you could, but you're not gonna get half of it. I mean, you're gonna have to watch and do like ten rewatches to get you know a half of where our committed audience getting a couple of them. Well, the fan <laughs> base, jobs. the fan base online, like you and I and the people on Tumblr and Twitter and Facebook, our lot is a whole nother breed. I, I think it's easy to to get stuck in the idea that that um you know that that what we see in our fan base online is all there is and i think there's a much much broader group of viewers and they view it much i mean you've said your sister views it in a in a Mm -hmm. typical format (laughs) doesn't dig into every episode like we do um, I, I think with that we are pretty much covered uh, uh, Samar yeah and so uh, leading into a ROM and so I wrestler in a ROM is an interesting thing on so many different levels because they're very very different men and I always kind of got the impression of ROM's like I want to be everybody's friend and wrestler is just there to do his job you know i mean he's i love that moment in season three where wrestler opens up talks about how scared he was that they almost lost liz and aram does what aram does and he reaches over and just gives him this huge hug (laughs) and i would have loved to know what it would have happened if revan wright hadn't walked in would wrestler still have reacted so gruffly gruffly to it and said don't ever hug me like that again or was he doing that just because his superior walked in oh i i think that he would i mean wrestler is wrestler is is a stoic it's just his nature he doesn't go out there and tell them you know how how hurt i am um i think he's already i think he's already putting himself out there quite a bit in that moment and felt very raw and vulnerable at the moment and then it was well, kind of just put on roasted he's just being roasted by he just being roasted by the uh by hitchens he got the first uh, thing of of smiling hitchens and <laughs> you know the the backstabbing very much so and then but but he felt that way anyway and was confessing this before riven walked in and then you get a rom who is reciprocating in it and giving him a hug and it just it's almost like it puts that on display for for wrestler superiors and i i can understand where he's coming from on that but i also understand aram is just he's a sweet soul he he wants people to be happy he wants them to be comforted he he's the one even when liz came back Liz was not looking for Aram to be upset with her because she didn't think he would be. And he says, oh, no, I'm very upset. I'm just, I understand why you did. I just don't have to like it, basically. And to me, that was just perfection for Aram. Because 
he loves her. He understands, but he still has his own emotions to deal with. He's he's much more in tune and much more vocal about his own emotional whereabouts than the majority of the cast is. I, I also think that, that one of the most interesting things of Aram is, is first, you know, how he came to be on the show. He was a character just brought in for a couple, for one episode. He had that great phrase, you know, he's like, thank you, Aram, go kill them. It was great. It was it was fun, and and they kept calling him back and giving him more things, and it's it's a, it's an amazing thing to see an actor that takes what apparently small role and just brings it with so much humanity and life and and humor that it becomes an indispensable part of the show and and the moral center of it. Absolutely. I mean, and and I know people, I've heard people talk about how, well, obviously that means the Blacklist doesn't have a, a, you know, where where they're going set up. It absolutely has it set up. But the way writers approach things, you have a general outline of where you're going with things. You need to hit A, B, C, and D. But there are going to be so many side roads. And the character of Aram was an unexpected gift when they when they hired Amir. They couldn't possibly have realized what they were getting when they hired him because he just blossomed on this show. He's just so spectacular. And from what I understand, I mean, I've never met the man, but from what I understand, he's very much like Aram in real life. He's just a sweet soul. Mm-hmm. And he really brings that to the to the screen. And, and he has that, you know, Aram is, is very interesting because in the blacklist, you get these reactions to red. You get a, a wrestler who continuously goes from, okay, well, you know, red is like the devil to, well, red is like a necessary devil. And then, well, maybe we can do some work, some good with the devil, but it's still the devil. And, you know, it's, I understand Liz because she's trying to get away from the devil and you get Samar who kind of, you know, you don't really know where she's staying, except you know that Samar is standing with Samar uh, and, and she's looking up for, for something that we just maybe quite don't understand. Maybe not. Maybe she's entirely with her task force and you have a Ram who has basically an intellectual crush on Reddington. And I love that so much. He really does have a man crush on Red. <laughs> and, 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 you know, she says, oh, my God. It's like, you know, there's a, a couple of very beautiful moments. There is that great um, uh, Star Wars thing. Like, I need a, a warrant. No, you don't need a warrant. And, um, you know, that he's terrified. And, and for – I just want to point out a few things about Aram because we, we haven't – a lot of things over Ram happened way before we started, but Aram actually decipher the fulcrum. It's in the notes. He did see what it was in there, and he got so scared he told us he hadn't. But if you go read in the notes, you see that he did, and he's like, "I cannot unsee what I saw. I can't, you know." And it's like it's going to be very bad for the life of Aram if I see what I saw. I've actually, I've never gotten through all of Aram's notes that they published. Um, and I did. I, I assume those are, are at least sub-canon, you know, kind of like the comics and, and various other sorts. I did not know that, that Aram had actually, that's interesting. 
That's very so interesting. And notice that from there on, I mean, there is a canon in the show, Rhea, that you can see, because from that moment on, Aram is even more helpful of, of Red. From that moment on, I think Aram understood what Red was doing. Aram understood what Liz was facing, and it was a fundamental part of him understanding that Liz had been set up. And that's why he's always saying, She's innocent. She's innocent. And Samar and, and Wrestler, who have not seen this, who have not seen about the cabal, they're like, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. She may be the one who's, who, I mean, we think that she wasn't, but she may have been. Aram is the only one because Aram had seen what was in there and could better gauge what was going on. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's all the information rattling around in Aram's head. That's terrifying. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of how he is, though. I He's such a brilliant character in, in the intelligence. And you, you see that there was this one instance in, in 4A that I loved. Because I always get the impression that Aram kind of talks over everybody's head for the most part. That mm-hmm. he has to stop. He rambles. He stops. He goes, okay dumb it down for for everybody that does not text speak and then explain it in layman's terms and i think wrestler has actually asked him before okay in english now and mm-hmm. when uh in 4a when tom yeah. was calling him <laughs> you knew what i was going to <laughs> yes. when when tom's been in the back of that car the entire day and he calls a rom and Aram's like, oh, I guess I need to explain to you how to formulate, you know, or how, how to, you know, rig this transmitter. And Tom's like, no, 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 I've already done that. I just need you to, to search it. And Aram just stops for a second. He was like, oh, and he was just so excited that someone knew it. And it was just such a brilliant moment because mm-hmm. I, I get the impression that Aram does not get that very often where someone can keep up with him on an intelligence level and that goes back to his his almost hero worship of reddington that while on the technological side red may not be able to do that pretty much any other place red can do that Mm. and i think that's the reason he when you compare wrestler and aram to red you know in their viewpoints of reddington no matter how aram feels and i do think that he very much hero worships Reddington mm. in a way. It's always Mr. Reddington. Mr. Reddington. It's never Red. Well, I think he calls him Red once or twice, but for the most part, it's Mr. Reddington, especially to his face. And I think that's part of the fact that Red kidnapped him in his own apartment and held a gun to his head and threatened to unload a mag into his face. But it's also... He was for his own good. He, he respects him greatly. He also handed him all of the information to prove his innocence right after that. And there's a lot of respect there with Aram. And, and I don't I think it was that. lost on Aram what would have happened to him if Red had not kidnapped and found that evidence first. Yeah. He's just, His name would have been smeared all over. He's just off the charts brilliant. He really is. And I, I think that because he's he rambles so much and he, he gets... I think sometimes it... it be, it gets kind of doused a little bit, but he, he, I would love to know what the man's IQ is supposed to be. <laughs> it just has to be off I, the charts. I think pretty high. Yeah. I, and what I love about, about, about um, Aram is that Aram is truly a brave man. He may be a nerd, 
he may be, you know, not your age and kicking doors and, and shooting. But Aram was, first, as scared he was, he actually saved Liz by shooting a man. Scared as he was, he's the one who stands up to wrestler and says, I believe in Liz's innocence. And I can do that if you promise me that that she's going to be saved. He stands up to to he stands up to every one of the characters. Well, to um to the, uh, to, the to Peter uh, to Peter Con- uh, Kotsiopoulos. Thank you, Kotsiopoulos. I can't say his name well. <laughs> the Greek does not flow off my tongue. It's easier I, I, from the Spanish. <laughs> so, Jen should never go to Greece. She will butcher their language. It would be terrible. Um. But that um, the fact that he pulls a gun on them as they're leading Liz out, and I mean that scene with uh, Amir was not just at the top of his game for that. He just he got into a rocket and took off. (laughs) He was so impressive, and that was just he put everything on the line there and. There wasn't even a second's hesitation with it. It was just, my friend is in trouble. I, you know, and and whether he knew she was innocent, whether she didn't, I think he would have done it either way. You know, even if he didn't know that she was innocent and didn't know her to the core. You know, and that kind of segues a little bit into something that that I've had some trouble with um, that I want to touch on. That it was really pushed in 3b that aram was liz's best friend and i understand that i think that they were close and i I think they are close and we obviously see that in the way that aram reacts to her capture to her her death and everything in between but I, I feel like, and, and I know that a lot of the uh, the wrestler fan community and the Keenler community felt like wrestler was kind of pushed aside on that because wrestler and Liz are so close. I just, I kind of want to weigh in on that because I, I started a post ages ago that still has not been completed. So at this point, I'm not sure it ever will be because it kind of gets shoved down in my queue. But I feel very strongly about it that wrestler and Aram, I think, are both very good friends to Liz. I think they are very different friends to Liz. Aram is a man that wears his feelings on his sleeve. He's a guy that Liz can go to and talk about certain things with. He obviously knew her likes, her dislikes, her musical taste, her her taste in plays and books, everything in between. They're obviously friends. But I also think on the other end that Wrestler is very much an individual that that does not wear his, his feelings on his sleeves. It takes a lot to be able to pull it out of him. It's kind of like pulling a tooth with him. It's, you know, Liz, Liz had to fake her death in, in earlier, in 3A, versus when she faked her death in 3B. You know, um, for him to say, well, I thought we lost her. You know, to admit that, to bring it out there. But I also think that the two of them have been through very deep things together with his addiction and the issues with Tom. It doesn't mean that they always talk about it, but that I think that she, I think Liz has a very different friendship with Aram and a very different friendship with Wrestler. It doesn't mean that either man is a better friend than another. People have different friends for different circumstances. Just yes. kind of a 
it's something that popped up at least in the Tumblr community, and th those are my views on it. That I I get very feisty <laughs> for wrestler when when oh well a rom's her best friend and wrestler isn't. I think it's just a difference of friendship. It's uh, it from the writing point perspective, it was very much this is what they needed a rom. They needed to explain some stuff with through Aram, through his character, through the way he would react. That just wrestler, it would have been out of character for him to react that way. It would have been bizarre for Samara to walk into Cooper and say, "Well, you know, wrestler's just torn up over this." Not that he wasn't, but his way of showing that he was torn up about Liz was going in and barking at the at the uh, lower-level Fed that was clearing out her office. You know, that was his showing of being broken up over Liz's, you know, now faked death, when, while, while Aram was sobbing through Romeo and Juliet at her graveside. It's just mm -hmm. a very different way. Wrestler's not a weeper, and in in uh, in Aram is. It's they're two very different men, but it doesn't Russell mean Wrestler didn't even cry when uh, when uh, Audrey Audrey died. No, no, it's, he's not a weeper. I you know, and uh, I, I don't. He's stoic. He's yeah, you know very goes very of, much. Yeah, that's a very good way of describing him, and he he internalizes things. And so, anyway, and, and, and that is that is exactly what a lot of people were not happy with the addiction storyline. I actually thought it was perfectly in character. I thought it was it was well done because it is exactly that kind of character that ends up with an addiction because you got the pain and you don't know where to put it. It's got to exactly. go somewhere. Yeah, you know, he's not around weeping or writing, you know, wrestlers' notes over losing uh, his his uh, fiance and unborn child. He gets to work and shoves it somewhere, and it's got to come out somewhere. I, a rom star di would be five pages long. Wrestlers would be go away. <laughs> you know? uh, th there's a, a couple more moments that I want to that I want to touch up with Aram because Aram. Aram is, it's, in a way, you're getting with with all these characters in the in the post office. Aram is the one that goes in and it's able to function best with each one of the other characters. He's able to go to Cooper, and, and even though in his weird way, you know, Cooper's at his office, he's living at his office, and he's perfectly capable of, talking through and, 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 and not being shoved aside, like, you know, go away or whatever. He goes to, to wrestler and, and gives him the hug when probably when he needed it, uh, even though if he doesn't admit it, he goes to, to Liz and he talks to Liz. He talks to Tom. He talks into very different ways and he has the most, the emotional spectrum of them. He has the widest one. I think he's very in tune with how he feels, and I think he's also very in tune with how others feel. One of my favorite scenes between Aram and Tom is where they meet. Because mm. like, when, I mean, Tom, Tom is coming in from having buried the man that basically raised him. He may not have killed Bud, but he did put him six feet under. You know, he wrapped him in, he, he cleaned up his blood off of his living room floor. It was a very bad day for Tom Keene, considering he got married that day. <laughs> And, um, Almost. 
almost did. <laughs> and, um, anyway, but he walks up, and you can tell, I mean, he's just very, there's a weight on his shoulder when he walks up, he's running his fingers along the car, and no matter how nervous Aram is with talking to him, he's trying to put Tom at ease in his own rambly, nerdy... Arami way. Yes, very Arami sort of way, and... I just, and, and it kind of shifted Tom into that gear of also, you know, make this a smoothed out conversation, you know, and, and so Tom kind of shifted into that of trying to, you know, put Aramides in turn, you know, and they, they ended up joking and, and you know, having a, a, you know, decent conversation out there, and it, it obviously set the, uh, set the foundation for, <laughs> for a bromance that none of us knew that we needed, um, but I just, I love that about Aram. You're right. He he tunes in to what others need and he goes for it. And I think that's why in, in 4A it was such kind of a jolt that he yelled at Samara like he did. Because he never does that. He always puts others, he puts himself aside for others. You know, even if he's in pain, he's there for someone else. He's, <laughs> you know... It, it's kind of silly, but he passes the joint off to Samar to make her feel better on on mm-hmm. the funeral day, you know. And it's it's he, he, you know that he said the uh, um I I love the comics the way they depict Samar and wrestler in in Arama the comic especially the second one it it was really good it 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 just it just brought a lot of that uh, um feel about Aram that he is he really became the moral center of the show it, it was interesting because he was not a planned character but he, they really got him there and they they created a fundamental character in in understanding him and Dembe are in a way they're both very great characters they both are they're badasses in their own way. I mean, Aram went to, to MIT. Uh, he's been a hacker his entire life. He's, he's a spy. He's a spy spy. He's a super hacker. And he's not afraid to, you know, go against the law and be a brave man in his way. Um, and again, another instance in which the blacklist is giving us, not only in the female aspect, but on the male aspect, there's many ways of being a badass. You can be a badass by kicking doors. You can be a badass by being a techie badass. Yeah. It, it, it breaks a lot of stereotypes that are in there and shows shows various paths that, you know, you, and, and I know you and I've talked about before. I said, I, you know, saying that Aram is the spy of this generation, you know, with everything being online, with everything mm-hmm. being in the cloud nowadays, that, that he is the spy of this generation. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's fascinating to see what they've done with him. And I'm so glad that they cast him here because I'm just trying to imagine Blacklist without a ROM and it's not coming to me. No. And, and, and also because you're getting, you got that wonderful scene with they did that backdoor to redemption and he, they, he was talking with the other techie and it was priceless. Oh, that I, scene was so good. I need I need more scenes with Aram and Dumont. I need them yes. like I need air. <laughs> I yeah. just... that, that was just precious. And I love the way that they have used the character of Aram to show off 
the differences that they are among all of them because you really see when when you see the way they react to Aram, you you realize how they're contrasting each one of the characters and and like they're showing Tom being because we've heard over and over and over how Tom has to be extraordinarily intelligent because that's the kind of guys uh, uh, or gals that the major goes after. But we have really not seen a lot of situation where we have seen that aspect of him. We have seen him being an extraordinary undercover agent. We have seen him being very brave in whatever doing. And we have seen him making stupid decisions when becomes emotionally involved. And this is, it gave a, a, an opportunity to, sh- to see the very intelligent man that Tom is. Absolutely. Just like the scene we were talking about earlier. And mm-hmm. just, I mean, certain, the scenes throughout 3B, when we were, when he was working hand-in-hand with Aram, Aram gives him the lowdown, and he goes, you know, is there anything else? And he's like, no, just what's the catch? You know, it's, <laughs> it's, he gets it. The first go around, mm-hmm. he understands everything that's being handed to him. He just kind of works his way through. He goes, okay, I got it and moves on and it does you're exactly right it shows the intelligence level that that they hadn't found the most organic way to show up until that point they talked about it because red talked about the high iqs that that bud went after as the major but we hadn't seen that 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 acted out in the the actual scenes yet well i mean not to that extreme and we have had a lot of parallels between Tom and Red, and this was another nice way of making another parallel because Aram respects the intellect of both of them. He, he respects the qualities in each one of them. He doesn't expect Rustler to be the, the cuddly guy. He doesn't expect Cooper not to be the guy in, 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 in charge. He expects of each what each can give. And, and I think that that shows why he's the moral center of the show. And I just love that even through that respect that well, one, and I said one of my favorite scenes between them was their meeting. One of my second favorite scenes is, is that conversation they have in after, um, after the, uh, Amanda. Secretary, yeah, Amanda, <laughs> and where he's just, he goes, I don't want to know. Yeah, actually I do want to know. And he gets so feisty about it. It's, it's like, because he's thinking at that moment, you just slept with with this woman. We barely put your wife in the ground, and you slept with this woman. How could you? And Tom's like, listen, one, didn't sleep with her. Two, <laughs> you know. I can I, get the stuff without sleeping with her. <laughs> and then and then the admiration, like, the guy should write a book. Like, <gasps> I mean, oh, my God, he just did whatever he wanted with this woman in like a five second he got a date you know what do i i mean i really need to give me give me some tips i i have this wonderful little headcanon that i really want to happen someday so if this ever play if anybody of consequence ever you know on the writing team and such ever listens to our podcast this this is my vote here i really need tom or need a rom to come to tom someday and say i'm taking some more out on a date help me <laughs> you know what what can i do <laughs> i think it would just be precious you know for him just to show up at the king's door one day and tom be like what the hell are you doing 
you know, either I, I need a recipe or I need, well, apparently Aram is a very good cook. I was mm-hmm. kind of excited to see that because it just fit perfectly. It's, I yeah, swear. with a healthy thing and the care for the earth. I, I, can I, I find an Aram somewhere? I mean... <laughs> Yeah, it's he's a great character. I, I'm. It, it's one of those characters that 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 really bring a real a roundness to the show. That they, you know, with all the characters they had before, um, that we've been losing, we never got one that was that because Mira was never that. I've always had my little thing about Mira. I always thought Mira was really a, a spy. Uh, even if she didn't know she was being a spy, I think she was being a spy. But it was very hard to be warm and fussy about her. Because she always, as Red says, you're CIA, you know, attractive by treacherous. And the fact that she was only there for season one. I mean, I was very fond of her, but we've had three seasons, mm-hmm. you know, t- two and a half seasons past her. I'm much more connected to Samara than I am Mira, mm. just because I've had more time to get to know her. I have no idea. I still don't know if Samara was even, or if uh, Mira was even still married. I knew she has two kids, or she had two kids, and she seemed to have been married at some point. I have no idea if she still was. I knew nothing about her personal life. And that that drove me nuts personally. I would I really would and the Johns talked about it that they just they were gonna go deeper into her story and just didn't have time because from the get go they they knew she was dying in the season one finale. Mm-hmm. And I get that, you know, as a writer I do get that, but as a writer it still drives me nuts because they know her backstory and I don't. I want to know her backstory. <laughs> well, there is some in the in the uh, in the in the um, um, dossier. In Elizabeth Kindle's yeah, there is oh, some. I'll have to go um, find that one. Uh, and uh, and finally, I, I think we should touch a little bit, maybe, um, but because we didn't have time, the previous one was pretty long. Uh, we didn't have a lot of time to touch on Cooper in relationship with uh, not the Keens, but in relationship with uh, the rest of the team, because because it had been a very interesting relationship. Well, we've kind of gone over. I mean, he and Samar. We did he and Samar have a very professional relationship. I mean, he really doesn't... I, I don't see much in that relationship. That they, I mean, besides... I mean, they seem to respect each other quite a bit, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's not afraid to tell her to pull it together and do her job. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Aram has a lot of respect for Cooper. Yes. A great deal of respect. And... I felt so bad for him when he spilled the beans on on Cooper living in his in his office. It's but that goes back to the fact that Aram feels things very deeply. He felt saddened by the fact that Cooper and his wife were having trouble. It in the grand scheme of things, it really didn't have a lot to do with Aram. You know, no, I mean, just finding out, finding out, and and knowing that he had that secret, and he's terrible with secrets, yeah. uh, with some secrets, because I mean, he pretty much th- there. There's a lot of secrets that don't come to light until you really do a rewatch and you walk through all the paracanon clues. But Aram knew about the the fulcrum, 
as Liz knew about Warner Douglas Bank, and she never said anything. And Ram knew about the Fulcrum. He never said anything. So there is all these characters are perfectly capable of keeping a secret. What is an important enough secret for them? Well, we still don't know how long he was dating Elise before they found out. Because when we met Elise as the audience, she had a key to his apartment. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I would think that typically someone like Aram who has high level clearance. That he's not going to just hand a girl that he's just started dating a key to his apartment. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's not living there. You, you don't get the impression that she's living there, but she's certainly staying there quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And she has a key. Yeah, exactly. And so... And and uh, finally, Cooper. Cooper's attitude um, towards wrestler was certainly, I think, warrants a little bit more. Because we didn't go there. And they had some very interesting moments. They had the moments when, when at the end of season, um, well, at the beginning of season three, we see that he's being taken, um, he's been arrested. He has he's in handcuffs. His wife is being arrested, and and now he tells he gives wrestler the information and tells him now you do you deal with it. Yeah, I I love that that moment there where he says, you know, when he wrestler basically is leveraging the fact that they have Charlene and Cooper's like, let her go, you know, (laughs) I'll tell you everything I know, but I don't know a whole lot, you know, (laughs) and it just, you can tell that, that wrestler's not really, he's not used to playing that game. We, we talked about that under the wrestler Mm-hmm. you know conversation that he's he's very much a soldier he's not used to playing the politics of cooper's position mm-hmm. and and cooper saw arresting charlene as a political move as a manipulation move and wrestler's just like no she has information you know it, it, to him it was very practical mm-hmm. to cooper he saw it as manipulation and i think that's why wrestler let her go was that it was never meant as manipulation from him. He was not trying to leverage Charlene on Cooper. Ne- never mind what Cooper thought. But then we had that other very good moment when they are together. He goes and tells them he never appreciated how hard it is. And that's when he tells them about Tom. And they had that conversation when you know that Cooper is saying to, to Ressa, fine, do whatever you want. I will do my whatever I want to. Um, and he just basically saying, great, great, just go. And he tells Tom, he's like, wrestler is a good agent. And within the confines of, of, the, of the rules, he would do to what he can. But he was, he's not going to go beyond. And, but that is a moment I, I found it very interesting because Cooper is not exactly a by-the-book guy. And, however, they all kind of like respect and protect that little aspect of wrestler. Like that is, you know, like something that needs to be coddled because it's precious. It's something I think that both him and and uh, and Red lost a long time ago. Yeah, I, I can agree with that, and it's <laughs> it's it's his innocence in a way. I mean, that's it's a weird way to put it, but the it's not wrestler, a nice day. It's, wrestler is um... convinced that the law will will protect him, protect his loved ones, will protect, you know, if he just does what is right in the eyes of the law, it will come about correctly. 
And I think Cooper has lived long enough in the, the intelligence community to know that sometimes the rules need to be bent. And Ressler just hasn't lived that long in the intelligence community because he's a federal agent. He's not an intelligence man yet. He has been since he started in the task force, but I, I think he's slowly learning how to be one. And until, mm-hmm. kind of like Liz, until he learns it on his own, he's not going to get it. Yeah. Well, he's he's being making strides in the fact that now he understands, you know, well, I'll give you a, a look at this. I'm going to give Tom this little thing. But but in that moment, it, I mean, and then we get the Gnome Gate and, and we got to at least talk a little bit about Gnome Gate because Gnome Gate was precious, especially from the point of view of Cooper. We've we've talked about Gnome Gate about Tom and Red, about Tom and Wrestler, but we have never looked. At, I mean, Cooper is there, and there is these two guys like intent like, to break his house and his gnome. I'm sure he was happy about the gnome. Maybe not. Maybe he liked the gnome. I just love it that he's like, guys, I have to live here, and you're just like, I'm just imagining two guys, two friends of mine, you know, basically having it out in the courtyard of my apartment complex. <laughs> Where people know me, where people, you know, I mean, because in the kind of neighborhood that he li- he lives in the burbs, you know, he he lives out in the suburbs where everybody knows you, where, you know, he with your wife up- has a, uh, an affair with a neighbor. Mm. His wife gets a little <laughs> close with the neighbor, you know, but still, it's it's very suburban where he mm-hmm. lives, you know, very high end, and-, and he's picking gnomes. And these two were having a brawl in the front yard someone's going to call the cops on them in broad daylight. Mm -hmm. And suddenly Cooper is going to be the talk of... And he's suspended. Yeah, I mean, because he... He's a paper pusher. When when Tom shows up with Kara Kurt, he shows up in his bloody wife beater on his doorstep, and Cooper goes, what are you doing at my house? (laughs) Garage, now get that thing out of there. Yeah, it's hide it. Hide it now. Do not stand here. Do, you know, do not pass oh, that, go. Do not collect $200. Just get it out of sight. That scene when Tom meets Charlene, it's priceless, too. Like, hi. <laughs> and he's just being conked on the head. It's just like, that was great. And and, and I love the way they, they, uh, they, and I wish they bring Charlene back because she's, I love that character, and I love that relationship. I think they will. I mean, unless she's on another show that I just am not aware of. I mean, she's so fantastic. The actress is wonderful. She she has great timing. And I really do hope, I, I'm assuming that they will show us what's going on with Cooper's love life, because I'm, I'm officially invested in Cooper's love life now. I need those two to come back together. And so they, they were working towards it. I need them to come back together. Yeah, I find also interesting the relationship that Cooper is developing with Cynthia Panabaker. I wonder if it comes from far behind, if they are been friends or known each other. I'm finding the character of Panabaker to become really, really interesting as we go along in the show. I don't know what to do with her. One, because supposedly all of her cliches that she speaks in are supposed to be southern and i've grown up in the south and maybe i just need to live in like alabama to understand what she's saying i have no idea i I, i'm kind of like cooper i don't ever follow her ever (laughs) like she she speaks in so many cliches that i've never and i've heard of some pretty southern cliches over the years (laughs) and i have Mm. no clue what she's talking about half the time Well, I love that that metaphor with the with the pier, and and it was just great. Uh, I, but, I I 
I, I hope she's not a baddie. I mean, like, I would... But she also seems to be one of those people that is willing to stretch because obviously she has a very... High clearance, yeah. Well, high clearance, but she also works hand-in-hand hand with Scotty Hargrave in Halcyon. Mm-hmm. And so, because we, we saw her in the, the photos that Tom took... Mm-hmm. Before they knew who Scotty was. So, obviously, she's at least one of she's the She's not Cabal. No, she's not Cabal. She's Cabal. No, she's not Cabal, but she does. She... I, I don't get the impression that she can be bought, but I do get the impression she knows more than she's letting on. Because she knows Halcyon. If she knows Halcyon, she probably knows about the Cabal. Because you know Scotty knows about the Cabal. Scotty could have been involved in the Cabal. I'm very interested to see exactly what all Scotty was involved in. Because I have a feeling that... The sweet little innocent image that she painted in the backdoor pilot for Redemption of the mother who just happened to have a fight with the father and her little boy was stolen under her nose. No, I don't trust that for an instant. I love Scotty to death already, like, but no. She's (laughs) like red. Yeah, I have very similar feelings for Scotty that I have for red. Very similar. Have you gone over your your Kate Gate, or you still feeling like a little betrayed? I feel better. I do. I I think, I think that everything coming into view of the fact that Red has what he's done has been in a very human reaction to having Katarina shoved in his face. I mean, I, I still, he's still responsible for it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I still hold him responsible for it. But I don't, I'm not as, like, I, I'm not fuming at my desk every time he shows up on my dashboard anymore <laughs> on Tumblr. You know, I, I'm not thoroughly angry at him. I mean, one, she's alive. I mean, he doesn't know that. But but I do, I feel like I've kind of shifted my perspective on Red because before I had a very bad tendency to view him as omniscient as as someone that that is basically has all the answers and just won't relinquish anything because he just is better than you and won't trust you with it because that's the vibe he gives off he wants to give off that vibe he tries to give off that vibe he gives mm-hmm. it off a little too well sometimes and even I as the audience believe it. <laughs> And I feel like with everything coming out about Katarina, about the affair, about, you know, Elizabeth King being his daughter, um, I, I feel like I understand, like, like, I, I think it puts it in a different perspective for me. This is a man in extreme pain, pain so much that it is just overpowering his better senses. I mean, it's the reason he reacted to Tom like he did. It's the reason he's reacted to Liz like he does. It's the reason he can't seem to find a way to not smother her. It's, like, everything I have ever held against him in the three and a half seasons we've had, I feel like has been explained in the last couple episodes of 4A, in which Mm -hmm. I sit back and go, holy crap, this man is human, and he is in an extreme amount of pain. When human mm-hmm. beings are in pain, they do really stupid things. When they are emotionally involved, when they are overrun by emotions that they don't normally deal with, much like Tom Keene, they don't make the best decisions and reactions to life. And I feel like that's very much what we've seen with Red. When he is 
overrun by his emotions, when he is spiraling out of control, he tries to regain that control in very bad ways. He felt betrayed by by Cade, and he reacted in a way that I don't think he could react to Katarina. And so it was just... And mm. I'm not, I am not at all mm. insinuating any sort of relationship between him and Kate. But not like that. Um, mm. But but still, just he's dealing with this. And so you know that has to be weighing on him. That has to be influencing him. And then because of that, he makes a horrible decision about Kate. Because he is so overwhelmed with the emotions of what's going on with, with Katarina being shoved in his face. Yeah, I, I I think that that is a fairly, among the people who didn't feel tremendously betrayed, it's, I think it's, it's a, it's a way of seeing Red. Um, there, there's, there is, yeah, I, I, I could see how Red is killing Kate was a product of, of A, to me, a lot of pain, intense pain, because I have a feeling that this fake death situation is not the first time that she has pulled one of these on him. On him. So this is, I don't think that this is a new thing. You mean the Katerina second, or just anybody? I, I think she might have known Katerina was alive, because I think Red thought Katerina was dead. And, and there's, there has to be, because he, he tells Wrestler that he knows how he feels and he had nightmares. And he woke, you know, until one day he woke up and it's the second thing he thinks about. So there is a time in Red's life that Red thought he had lost his entire family. I do wonder, okay, this is an interesting thought that just struck because I've been trying to reconcile how Red could tell Liz, your mother is dead, your mother is alive, you know, I don't know about your mother, back and forth, back and forth. I wonder if there's a point in there to the point in season because in season three he said both um he told he told liz when they were on the run he said i used to know i I used to think i knew exactly what happened to katarina but now i'm not so sure and then he turns around at the wedding and says your mother is dead I, I keep trying to reconcile that, and I do wonder if maybe rumors, I mean, like, I, part of me wonders if, if he knows she's alive, and the other part of me wonders if he's just heard rumors, kind of like Tom with knowing, with telling Liz that her father was alive mm. in, at the end of season one. If Red has heard rumors, and he almost, he's just not ready to face them himself, so she might be alive, she might be dead, he's convinced himself, you know, he doesn't know in that point, but then he just convinces himself that she's dead, because how could he, how could she ever do this to him, to do it to, to Liz, to everybody, you know, everything that he said in the, in Kate May, when he's talking about Mm -hmm. that. Mm. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Kate May, I I think Kate May is you you you, th- you see Kate May is more autobiographical, don't you? Yes, uh, Kate May is a ghost story. It's a it's Red confronting the ghosts of his past, his own ghost, not Katerina. That Katerina wasn't there. He wasn't remembering. He wasn't hearing her. That's not what Katerina said, felt, or anything. That's just Red needing to hear and needing to to 
to work things out. Like I'm not convinced that the man he spared is himself. I'm convinced that Hobson's choice was her. Like he was trying to come to terms with his life. And by doing that, he had to put himself sometimes in her shoes and sometimes in his shoes to understand the choices she made. Um, because I think that even if read, I think what people tend to forget with the K-Gate affair is that Red has one fundamental thing. Red does not forgive anyone outside Liz, and that includes Katerina. He may love the woman. He may even know that she's a, that she's alive, and he's trying to he's telling Liz that she's dead to protect Liz and to protect her. Because you know, Liz, if Liz ever hears her mother is alive, this will would have got out and walked right into into Solomon's uh, hands. He she would have done every stupid thing possibly that could be done to find her mother because she's been asking questions about her mother all this time. I think that that, that is the moment your your mother is the only time that he doesn't use the full name Katarina Rostova is dead. Katarina Rostova was Katarina Rostova disappears. It's the first time that she actually the only time he says your mother is dead. And it could be oh that that would be interesting because I mean we don't know what Katarina's real last name was. What he because he says I knew her as Katarina Rostova, and obviously she was married to Constantine, but we know her name was Katarina because Dom calls her Katarina, and mm-hmm. so we know that that was her name. But she could have had an entirely different name, you know, because he he said that he knew her under that he met her under that, but he may no, have come I to know her. Eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know her as, which you can say about Tom Keene. You can say, yeah. I know Tom Keene as Eugene Bavlenko, who was a fugitive wanting, wanted for money laundering, or I knew Red as Kenneth Rathers, and he befriended So and kidnapped her, and he was taken by the Kings of the Road. And you're not lying. Exactly. exactly. You're just leaving a few chunk of the truth out but that's technically not lying which red is notorious for (laughs) so i'm never too convinced that 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 will not see that and um i i have faith in the writers that they're going to pull it around and knit it all together well in a way that i'm going okay that makes sense all right you know these are not the writers of various other shows that go know well let's just stick this in there and hope nobody notices because these writers are very clever like I, and the further we get into it the more ties they find the more i see it they are very very clever so what do you expect in a quick roundup to see uh, for the uh, post office team in at the in the remaining of season four um I do you think release is going to get a pardon and they're going to go back? I do. I do think that that's going to come back around. I think she's going to have the option whether she takes it or not will be an interesting. I mean, like, I'm sure she'll take the pardon, obviously, but if she goes back to the post office as an agent, will be interesting to see. Yes. Um, And so I think that's up in the air. I don't think it's so much if she'll get the pardon it's if she'll stay on as an asset or if she will pick up her badge and gun again or if her newfound freedom as an asset will be too hard to leave behind um and 
I, I do think, I know some people have been very worried about Samar with everything coming up, and, um, I, I do think that this episode coming back is likely to smooth over, I think it's gonna be very Samar-centered, and I think it's going to smooth over a lot of issues internally in the task force, you know, uh, anything left between Liz and Samar with any, you know, with Aram and Samar. I mean, obviously they had that dinner and everything in 4A, but still, there, there were a lot of things that have happened, a lot of harsh words said between everybody in the task force. I think that with a potential mole inside of it, it could even out everything. It could kind of smooth things over and show where trusts lie. And if they stand by each other, which I, I do think they will, I think it'll show, especially with Samar, because Samar is coming off of a lot of hurt. She she basically pulled kind of a teenage sort of reaction of, I'm leaving the task force. By the way, everybody, I'm leaving the task force. I put in my resignation. and nobody Okay, was, well, yep. Yeah, nobody seemed to care. Her. And so I think that needs to be dealt with, in which this is going to happen, you know, if she's set up as a mole, because I think if, if she's, you know called out as a mole, I think it's going to be a setup. Like, Mossad is trying to get her to do something, and so they set her up, or something along those lines. And If I she's the mole... I think I... her team is going to stand by her, and that will show her, because she's already said she's staying, but I, I would love to see something in which there's a cohesiveness of the team again, in which that's smoothed over. And so that's, uh, for, for the first episode back, that's my prediction, is something like that. I, I may be completely off on it but that's i it's been my general my, my crazy theory is that the 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 mole is going to turn out to be hitchens framing uh wrestler it, it might not be this episode it might not be this a thing i i do think that hitchens she tried to give up a, 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 a vibe that she was in caring what wrestler was saying but i think she's starting to get a little Oh yeah, definitely. He keeps poking at the sleeping bear. I mean, it's it's gonna come back and bite him. It's that that's inevitable. It's and, they're and setting it up. Have to smooth things because it's like wrestler was gonna. I want her gone, and she's saying I want him gone. And is it going to come out that Red is now sitting at the cabal table? Because that's a little note that nobody in the task force knows, and that'll be that's interesting. I think Cooper does. Or uh, have else, figure it out. Something else is a prediction that I have. I think that Liz is quietly looking into Red as her father. Because she went from being very angry at him for a variety of reasons to welcoming him in, being thrilled he was okay, you know, here, hold my baby. And Tom left the room. Tom left. Yeah, I just... I feel like there are so many little signs there. And, well, part of that was her being angry at him for feeling like he had lied to her about her father being dead because she thought Kirk was her dad and he was fighting her on that. I don't think that was everything because that's not what drove her away to run. It was all the the half-truths and the dangers. The protectiveness And yeah, the smothering. Exactly how Red put it to Cooper. It was, she felt smothered. And that hasn't gone away yet. Like, he's made strides to, you know, steps to, to go that direction. But 
only time will tell with that. And so I really do think there's something much quieter working in the background as to why she was so... I mean, granted, she she was worried about him, but the hat's left behind, nobody's there. It's It's Reddington. He gets away from a lot of things. I mean, she's reacted a lot cooler to him than that in coming back from near-death experiences. And so I just think that kind of reaction that she had to him and the the statement she was saying about how she just wanted her father to be there to see there Agnes. There was a little pause. Yeah, it just a little I, red pause. And there's a there's a statement out of the uh, preview for for this coming. Th- <laughs> we can finally say it this Thursday's episode. Um, saying that she goes, she's telling Tom. She goes, I never take Reddington at face value or something along those lines. I think she's checking. I think she's doing DNA reports very quietly, very subtly, and she's she's checking everything because it makes sense. Kirk or Red? Like, it, I mean... Yeah, I mean, if it, in, in, to me, I go even one step further than you. She's not checking. She knows. That's all she needed to know. And she might. She might. But I, I'm saying, like, you know, I, I think that she either has or will be going in and doing those tests to find definitive answers. I think that, you know, if you remember what Red said to Tom, is like, you know, you, you you need to keep your your identity secret if you want to keep you and Agnes safe. Mm-hmm. And I think exactly that is what, what Liz is doing. I mean, it's like she tried asking and he gave her half-truth Um parts of it, cryptic answers. So now she's trying a different thing. I mean, she's not an idiot. She's, I mean, your father, uh, Redina took you. Your your father took you. Um, your father is a criminal. Red is a criminal. Your father was an intelligence, uh, in foreign intelligence. Redington was a foreign, I mean, there is, there is only so much that that woman can say, well, you know what? And he protects me like a father. And he says, Right, Bubble Falls. It doesn't know what else to do. Say, I have to protect you. It's not even something I choose to do. That's a apparent answer. And just the way he handles Agnes, the way he everything about it screams it. And yeah. to me, when she said that, uh, oh, my father would have loved. I would have loved to have seen my father. I was like, yeah, yeah, you know. And you're just teasing. You're giving him a little. Uh, taste of his own medicine mm-hmm. yeah that little like Agnes so that that's those are my predictions for 4B and I'm very excited for it I'm very excited for redemption and I just that I, I'm also I'm thrilled that the guys over at Blacklist Exposed to Right is, is bridging the, the hiatus there because that basically means we get from January to whenever the third section of the blacklist wraps up we have straight blacklist i know a lot of people are very upset over it but well not a lot of people but some people uh are very upset over it that we can the blacklist for months and months and months <laughs> it's great. yeah and thank god for us because we would have gone crazy trying to do you know podcast for two shows because there's no way we're not covering redemption 
whenever that came out, I don't even remember when it was, but I just remember cheering, going, we don't have to do two episodes in one week, yay! <laughs> yeah, that would have been tough. Oh, we would have lost our minds. <laughs> but I'm very happy that we're going to get to see Dumont again, and Ness, I am and too, and Solomon, he's such, oh, he's so easy. Oh, I love to... I, I love a, a, a smooth, beautiful, beautifully dressed, gorgeous, for some reason, gorgeous such a crush on Eddie. Sisters. Yeah, I mean, gorgeous black, but he makes such a good villain because he's, he's like delicious and, and you want to hate him, but he's just like, oh my God, you know, that, that beautiful face. And then he's like, oh my, yeah, well, I got a fillet at you in style points. You know, it's like, he's like a bad red. Oh, he's just beautiful. I love him. <laughs> I I tweeted when when he first got when he first came on screen. I said, you know, Eddie, I had very very high expectations, and then you delivered and went beyond. <laughs> and I just said, kudos, kudos, dude, because you were fantastic. Yeah, and it, he it really was... did. He's. I'm so excited to have him in the in Redemption spinoff. So excited. And okay, here here is another last last bit before we wrap up. Um, last, last, not really a prediction, but sort of a question that I've had. And this could be way off the mark, but just little bits have made me wonder if Redemption was ever meant to be a spinoff, or if it's more meant to be a mini series because they needed a somewhat different series to focus in on Tom. I'm not 100% certain that season two, and, and I say this as someone that is has zero inside sources and just kind of one of those gut reactions, which have been entirely wrong before, but I do wonder if it was just meant to bridge and give mm. Tom's story, because it, it would be incredibly weird to basically shift Tom into the lead role over Red, a lead male role over Red. That just, it's not done. It's, it, it wouldn't make sense. And I wonder if they just, if they're doing the spinoff as a one season spinoff to tell Tom's story. I think it would be more than that. I think they're, I mean, honestly, I think their plan is to get the spinoff and then, because we know that Spader's contract is, is he signed for six years and I think, you know, the idea is to take it to from six to seven. And I think the idea is you're going to get a lot of young actors that are, that, are, that are still got a lot of mileage in their characters and it would be lovely to eventually take them into into redemption. It's just a thought. I, I don't know. It's it's one of those. Uh, there's a funny bit of people that I've heard saying something like that. Really? I do. That, I, yes. There okay, is. Okay, maybe a, you should say it more vocally. I don't know. Ray because... Pie Wacket. Say what? Ray Pie Wacket, my friend Ray Pie Wacket. Oh. I adore her. She's like a she's like a queen of of symbols. I'm like a humble apprentice next to I was going to say symbol. she's off the charts so I feel like she I'm in is. really good company if I'm if she's saying the same thing <laughs> yeah she is saying that and she's been saying it from the from the moment redemption was announced um I think that yes that it came out before because there was a lot of story in the Tom Keen um and a lot of people are not into this because they don't see Tom 
and Liz as a reflection of Red and Katerina, why it befundles the mind, but they don't see it. Um, and 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 those that that whole story just flew past them. But there is a lot of Tom, and I think at the end we're going to see that Liz and Tom are, are somehow related. They may be cousins. They may be. There is something going on in there that or the, the mothers may have known one another. There I, is I, do, something... I do think that they probably knew each other as children. I do not think they'll be blood related because that, like I've said before, that sends off people's creep factor in the United States, which, which is where this show is based. And it's, it's going to set off people's creep factors. I don't think they'll be blood related. But yes, I do definitely agree that that I could see them having known each other as children. It is my, you you know, it's my pet theory. Well, even even uh, even a third cousin is I, actually not even related oh, oh, to the. Oh, I know, I, I know. Like realistically, it's not. But it's if you call it cousins, it feels like going way out of the way to do uh, something that people are going to have a kick because they're going to hear cousin, they're going to go. Ugh. Like, at that point, just have the parents be friends. You know, have them be old friends. And that, well, that's what makes the most sense to me. on record. Oh, no, no, I, I understand. Be, yeah. <laughs> I just went on record saying that it might be. But definitely, I think that they knew one another. And I think that that Liz and Tom definitely knew one another. And there is a lot more in this story. I would love to see Red and Howard interact. Because I have a feeling that's a very interesting I'm friendship. I'm so excited for that. So excited, and and they've chosen excellent actors oh, so, so far. Yes, I'm very very happy. Um, I know I know the actor they chose for Howard from Hawaii Five O, so very excited mm. for it. And I was gonna say that you have had. I, I know that I've sat there watching episodes, and the roomie and I will be sitting there watching. I go, oh, Tessa's theory. There it is. She called it like five months ago. <laughs> so. You have definitely called a few theories along the way that, that have panned out. <laughs> and many others that have not. Um, the nature of the beast. Yeah. I never claim to, to know the truth, but yeah, suddenly there are theories there that, who knows? Some of my more exciting and crazier theories, certainly if, if they ever pan out, I will say, I told you so. <laughs> like Red says, you know, it's sweeter than, uh, well, I can't say Virginia Sherman, but it's sweeter than whoever, I'm, you know, the it's best words. I told also you. like, also like Red, you know your limits. You know what you're good at. Mm. And that's, that's what you stick to. So, all right. Well, I think this about wraps us up today, doesn't it? Uh, we've got, I think so. We have, we'll be back to our normal schedule next week um, because the show will be back on. And so there was no rest for the wicked. We went right through the, the hiatus. We, If you missed us, we are on YouTube, iTunes, and SoundCloud. You can go back. We have all of our episodes there. All you have to do is go look us up, and you've got us. L feel free to leave us a message on Facebook, Twitter, or Tumblr. We just, Tessa and I tend to uh, lurk around Tumblr quite a bit. You've probably, if you're coming from that, corner of the internet you've probably run across this once or twice in the blacklist fandom we're a little vocal <laughs> so yeah we, we have fun <laughs> so but we will be back and we will have a new episode of the blacklist this thursday very excited that is what i call a happy new year 
Absolutely. Knowing that you don't have to waste two episodes or two weeks to get an episode of a blacklist. It's just the year is saying happy. Already there to me. Yep. Well, we will see you guys or hear from you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye.